if you're smart, you might want to call uh, American Financing now. Call them, take 10 minutes out of your day, and find out if there is a way for them to help you with your monthly finances and saving money. It's American Financing at, uh, let's see, the number is 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. We're live in uh, Salt Lake City at uh, KNRS 105.9, uh, where I just heard uh, the program director told me one out of every five radios here is tuned to our program every day. One out of every five radios. That's astounding. Um, so thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of The Blaze. Uh, we've got a great show coming up for you. Stand by for news. And I'm Glenn Beck. What are the odds? Welcome. I'm glad you're here. From behind my cardboard microphone, we have news of Liz Cheney. Oh, oh, this is going to be fun. You don't want to miss it. We begin in 60 seconds. All right, dog, as we like to say in my hood, uh, if you're protecting yourself uh, if you're not protecting yourself every time you go online for any reason, clock is ticking. It's only a matter of time before some cyber criminal comes along and decides that today is the best day to steal your personal information. And from that point on, things are going to get a little complex for you quickly. Why not try to avoid that? Now, nobody can stop all cyber crime or monitor or everything. But the, the best company out there, because everything we do is online right now, the best company to make sure that you are secure on the uh, on the internet and your information is secure is LifeLock. Get 25% off your subscription to LifeLock right now. Your first year, 25% off. If something does happen, they go the extra mile. They also have a restoration team. If your information is hacked into, they can help clean that up. Now, join, save 25% off your first year. Promo code back, 800 LifeLock, 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK for 25% off. LifeLock.com or 800-LIFELOCK. So, Stu, I think we have to start with the audio of of Lynn Cheney, uh, or sorry, Liz Cheney, um, in, her, uh, in her speech last night. Unfortunately, it wasn't a victory speech, but she's going to go on. Listen, here she is. The great and original champion of our party, Abraham Lincoln, was defeated in elections for the Senate and the House 
before he won the most important election of all. Lincoln ultimately prevailed, he saved our union, and he defined our obligation as Americans for all of history. I think she just compared herself to Abraham Lincoln. I'm not, I'm not sure what her point was there other than, and I'm like Abraham Lincoln, and so I'm launching my presidential campaign. I mean, I don't know what she was doing. And, you know, in all honesty, she has a lot in Abraham Lincoln. Imagine Abraham Lincoln without the beard. Now, Cheney. You see it? You see it? <laughs> Not particularly. So, no. I, I can't say that I do. No. You're right. That's mean. It's just the wart that is that is the same. But mm. uh anyway, uh So I'm kind of sad, Stu. We don't have we don't have uh old uh, Liz Cheney to kick around anymore. Darn it. Yeah, you know, it was an interesting approach. And in one of the strangest elections probably of all mm. time. As we kind of noted a little bit yesterday, you know, Liz Cheney voted for Donald Trump in 2020. People forget this. She voted for Donald Trump in 2020. Uh, she was uh, then obviously turned against him and said the stuff that he did after the election she didn't like, but then survived a Republican leadership vote after all of this and then still kept talking about it and then eventually was thrown out of leadership and has become the enemy and was uh, elect was defeated handily by uh, by an opponent who Glenn was so anti-Trump in 2016 that she was among the people organizing the overturning of the primary on the convention floor in 2016 to get Ted Cruz to be the candidate instead of Trump. And she's come so far the other way that she's now the pro-Trump candidate and... <laughs> Cheney, who voted for Trump in 2020, is now the anti-Trump candidate and it lost by 40 like, points. It is like all of our beds are on the edge of a wormhole. And every day we get out of bed, we put our feet on the floor, and we we just like, it's like a water slide. Shoom! We're into another America that is kind of like the one we were in yesterday. Yeah. I can't keep track of it. It's so weird. And, you know, so the final was 66 to 29, basically. About what I think people expected going into this. There were some crossover votes from Democrats. But, again, not enough of them in Wyoming to make any particular uh, difference. Well. And so it was, it, was a, it was a blowout. Cheney is already on to her next thing. As we said yesterday... You could tell it was a blowout because of the way the media was covering it. It was talking about how she's got more to her than this. This is just one bump in the road of a longer <laughs> journey. And she leaked this to every single reporter on right. the, uh, uh, in the mainstream media to tell that, you know, look, this isn't a big deal. She doesn't care about this. It's the next I, thing that's the big deal. I did think it was a little much when she started singing, my heart will go on. Um <laughs> that's <laughs> well, true you know she is trying to make herself into this this is a martyr type of period here for her i suppose yeah uh and yeah. it's 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 a strange one you know i was talking to someone who follows politics but not like super closely and and he's just like look you know i i don't know anything about liz cheney other than she doesn't like trump you know and it's like 
this is her problem here. It's not that you can't disagree with Trump. It's not like you can't have your own opinion. But when you dedicate your entire life to be obsessed with one individual, this is you're going to be defined as to how people so, in your state feel about that individual. And when it comes to Donald Trump, people right. in Wyoming like him quite a bit. Yeah. You know, here's the here's the amazing thing is um, my problem with, with her is, like you said, she was all in in 2020. OK, she yeah. was all in in 2020. And then he does his thing on January 6th, which he didn't cause. He didn't do any. But I didn't like the way he acted on January 6th. I just I thought, like, hey, Mr. President, get on TV right now and say stop. Mm hmm. Um, and, and, you know, on the day I was really, really pissed and I'm like, what are you doing? And, uh, and then I kind of got over it, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, he wasn't responsible. Uh, so I kind of went, I didn't like that, but I'm not going to dedicate my life to destroying him because that's kind of a, I don't know, psychotic break. Uh, it it might be a little manic in its uh, approach to life. It's like going to going someplace where you've had you know good meals and you've recommended the place, and then you have one meal that's cold and you set out to destroy it. I want their license revoked. I want them out of business. I want to burn their business down, and I want to piss on their ashes. That's really what it's like. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, look, I think we've certainly asked for uh, for this over the years. Politicians who believe in something that's not popular to stand up for it. I, I have no problem embracing that general uh, vibe. And that, and I, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, I, I don't know. I think she genuinely seems to believe this now. I, I don't know what. It's hard to well, understand that from enough. someone who voted for the guy, right? Like, you know, it's yeah. one thing if you really thought he was a terrible president for four years and then you say, okay, this is the this is pushing me over the edge. I have to stop him in any way possible. You're someone who wanted four more years of this guy, right? Up until the actual no, election, she, right? No, like, I, think she, I, I don't think she is. I think she is someone who held her nose and said all the right things and at the hmm. first opportunity to knive him, she did. I, I I really you yeah. cannot make it's psychotic, Stu. Yeah, that's a psychotic swing. It really is. It really is. But it was I something mean, look, It was a wrong. big event, right? I mean, there's certainly no. Yeah. It, it did change some people's minds, I suppose. But I mean, I think overall, when you when you look at it, it's it's like I don't think she did this because she thought it was going to help her win this election. I think she had to have known going into this, this would have made her political life more difficult. So if she really believes it, let her go out and do this. But along with that comes the consequences from voters and voters don't agree with you. Uh, you know, the Republican voters in Wyoming yeah, but think what you're doing is, you know, completely wrong. And they sent a massive message. The turnout was huge yesterday. But I think, Stu, I mean, think of this strategically. I think a humiliating and devastating loss puts you right where you need to be to launch a presidential campaign. Don't you think? Don't you think? I, let me ask I mean, Beto O'Rourke. Hold on one second. Uh, I'll get him on the phone. I know. Uh, I know. <laughs> Beto's like, there's somebody out there who gets it. Hold on. Stacey Abrams. Uh, she's online, too. Uh, 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 no, it's true. I, I doesn't make I don't like the bigger thing here is what is the constituency 
for a Liz Cheney presidency. She she basically runs the state of Wyoming and her family runs the state of Wyoming and she got 29% of the vote there. So what what is the constituency other than the possibility of her running as an independent candidate to you know shave votes from Donald Trump and what give the presidency to Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or Gavin Newsom or whoever else is running? I mean, if that's the strategy, which I don't see what the alternative is there, I don't think that there's any, I don't think there's any other path for her to make an impact. Uh, that you know, that's uh, that's a strategy that does not support someone who does have a relatively conservative voting oh, record over her be, career. She's going to be brave, and she's going to take that stage with Donald Trump. And as he's there, that's he's, the she's going to, she's going to be the one that takes him on. And she will last all of about 45 seconds. Okay. She will. He will pummel her. Oh, that'll He's be ugly. He's done it to every single person. He'll pummel her. He'll pummel her. And then she'll really be set up for a presidential run. <laughs> I mean, look, there's no By the way, audience for this is not how you would win no. a primary. There's no one that's going to come in to the Republican primary and take a stance like Liz Cheney is taking and so, win. You can take a stance okay, so, and say, hey, I'm different than Donald Trump in this these ways. I don't like the way he did X, Y and Z. But to come in and just say this man is Satan is not there's no way to win a primary doing that. No. So here's here's where I think um, I could have tolerated. I could have tolerated, and maybe the people of Wyoming would have as well. I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't live in Wyoming. Um, but I, I think if you had, if you were with Donald Trump, and then you, you know, uh, something happened on, you know, January sixth, and you're like, okay, that was really bad. You'd handle it like everybody that I know who is was a Donald Trump supporter or is a Donald Trump supporter. They were really angry that day. And now they're to the point of, I didn't like how he handled January 6th. I just don't like it. It really bothered me. And it still bothers me. But, you know, he's, you know, it's Donald Trump and he's going to do what he does. And, you know, while that bothers me, he either is the candidate or isn't the candidate for me. And if he, if they would have said, look, if she would have said, look, I, I was for Donald Trump. I was with him the whole time. Uh-huh. And uh, and I love him, just loved him. But then instead of going psycho over it, I decided just to come out and say, guys, I'm not sure if he is the guy for the next election. He was great in the time, but he may not be the right guy because, you know, he's 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 stirs it up every time. And we need somebody a little more calm than Donald Trump. And, you know, he stirs it up and I don't know, but it should be left up to the people. Is this the is this what is this the best way to defeat this socialism, uh, socialist Marxism? It might be, but I think maybe, uh, you know, Ron DeSantis would be better. OK, I think those conversations are happening, but those conversations are not, you know, I really, really liked him. Now he's got to be destroyed. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. I, it's interesting because, you know, obviously we do have a lot of guests that come on uh, this show on Studios America. I go on other podcasts all the time. And one of the, I think the, the most I'm always interested to ask guests and people who are other hosts 
commentators in the conservative world, who do you want? Who do you want? And and I, I'm mostly interested to ask people who are Trump supporters, people who love Donald Trump, who are with him the whole time, who would walk through a wall of fire to vote for this guy in 2020. What do you want in 2024? Who would you prefer? Do you want Trump to run again? Do you want it to be someone like DeSantis? And um, and all of these people that I've asked have been, if Trump is the nominee, I'm 100 percent on board. Right. Like there's yes. no they're yes. they're totally on that on that realm. But I would say the answers have been about 50-50. About 50% want Trump to run. That He's the guy. He's the only guy for this time period. About 50% are just like, look, I love Trump. He's the best. If he's the nominee, great, fine, I'm fine with it. But like, honestly, if I had a preference, I'd rather have someone like DeSantis because I don't, there's too much baggage already built into that package. Yeah. And, and it's so, not a slam. That's a real debate it's going on. Yeah, it's not a slam on Donald Trump. Yeah. And I don't know the people like Lynn Cheney. I do know people. I mean- I was here in um, in Utah. I'm in Salt Lake City. Um, uh, I did a speech last night uh, on ESG. I'll tell you about that. There's some ESG news today. Uh, um, but I'm <clears throat> I'm here, and I talked to some some real heavy Republican heavy hitters, and they all said the same thing. They were all like, "Look, I'm I'm all in. I, I'd even raise money for Donald Trump, and I have, and I will. But if he would not run," I think that might be a better path because the temperature would be lowered. And I just I just wish we could lower the temperature on things. And then they always followed it up with, but if he runs, I'm 100% in. Mm. It's it's this weird thing that the Lynn Cheney thing doesn't exist. Liz, I really again. don't think it exists. I mean, it's probably Lynn, Lynn too. I think they have the same feelings on the issue, but I think you're talking I, yeah, about Liz. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't think that uh, Dick has the same feelings, do you? I do believe he you've got a commercial for her on that, uh, no. on that front. I know. It's uh, shocking. It, it, you know, it's interesting, too. You, you have basically the last two eras of Republican politics on the ballot right. last night in a way right with liz cheney kind mm-hmm. of continuing the bush cheney vibe and then sarah palin who kind of came up during that tea party uh era and uh you know sort of converted more to um a, maybe a more maga character if you want to separate those two movements but uh still it, an interesting uh, thing last night and she you know it, the way the alaska election Look, works we're not going to know who w- wins that for a while but uh it's kind of interesting to see she both is going to be on the, the ballot day. Yeah. Well, here's the yeah. uh, well, you know, most likely um, here's the uh, last word. Um, what was at stake last night was, are we going to go back to the Bush kind of Republicans? Are we going to stick with the, um, you know, the the tried and true? Gosh, we're going to compromise and work together on this and we'll always lose every compromise <laughs> or. Are we charting a new course? And I think um, most voters last night, at least in Wyoming, were like, I don't want this anymore. I'm tired of the kind of George Bush approach to globalism and America. Back in just a second, let me tell you about the Tuttle Twins. If you haven't checked out the new American history book by the Tuttle Twins, you're running out of time on the offer, which includes the audiobooks and the workbooks that go with it. You only have a few more days. Now, kids, what they're learning in school today, first day of school in Texas, uh, and uh, I can't wait. I, I just can't wait to see what they come home with today. Anyway, um, you really 
really need to teach your kids American history. And it's hard. Most Americans, most adults really don't know American history. And your school is only teaching them to memorize dates and false facts, you know, about our pilgrims and founding fathers. So get America's history. Now, America's history book is available at TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Before this offer is gone, they're throwing in the audiobooks, workbooks. Um, you can get a deal and a free sample chapter right now. Before it's too late, only a few more days remain. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. This is a book that everybody should have in their home, especially if you have younger kids. Uh, you really need American History Book, the American History uh, Book. It is available at TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 10-second station ID. Welcome to it. Uh, by the way, we we really, uh, I think we should look to the Scottish National Party. Um, the um, Scottish National Party Council of Institutionalized Mansplaining uh, has appointed a man as the country's first period dignity officer. And I think that's... I think that's great. It's they say a court, you know, of course, don't we all say that it's about making people aware of the availability of period products for anyone, any gender, whenever they need it. Now, I don't know the man that has a period, um, but if you do have a period where you have, you know, maybe months of heavy blood flow from downstairs guys you should have that checked i don't think you should put some sort of pad or a big band-aid down there you should probably have that checked because you don't have a uterus okay so your body's rejecting something else uh and it might be your ideology that's making you bleed downstairs i don't know but um I just think it's great that they have now a a period dignity officer, uh, and uh, and they've just passed their period products act to let people know that guys can bleed downstairs too, uh, but you probably should see a doctor. Uh, you know, maybe we should put that on the, all of the ads. You know, like if you have this for more than three hours. If you bleed once a month, guys, downstairs, go see a doctor. The Glenn Beck Program. I know, I know. Well, let me uh, tell you about our sponsor this half hour. Uh, Our sponsor is, hang on, I'm just, I'm so discombobulated here. Uh, It's Rough Greens. Rough Greens is something that I, um, I feed my dog. Uh, Tammy writes in uh, about her dog's experience with Rough Greens. My dog loves it. I give it on her dry food in the morning and uh, on half of her wet food in the evening. She didn't like eating the dry food, so we're putting wet food on it as a topper. Now we just use Rough Greens. Uno used used to love it if we put cottage cheese with his food. But somehow or another, he could figure out how to get all the cottage cheese off his dry food. We're the same, Tammy. Um, However... What we found is he doesn't need the cottage cheese now. 
He loves his dry food if Rough Greens are on it. We love it because he feels better. He looks better. He's having a much better experience, I think, in life with Rough Greens. Try it out. You get a free bag right now. Just a trial bag. Make sure your dog loves it. Roughgreens.com. R-U-F-F greens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. You can subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Hello and welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Uh, let me give you some good news. Uh, Media Matters. Stu Media Matters are very upset with me. Oh, no. Very upset. That's yes. terrible. They're usually on yes, your they. side on almost every issue. Right, right. Yeah. George Soros and I are like this. Mm-hmm. Um, media Matters, quote, the right wing influencers leading a social media crusade against ESG. Oh, no. Now, let's just look at this. Uh, first of all, I want you to remember the right wing influencers who are leading a social media crusade now it's an interesting word to use crusade because that implies religious zeal okay elon musk called esg a scam wait a minute this i just want to make sure i have it right wing influencers leading us elon musk called esg a scam so elon musk the guy who runs the largest electric car company in the world and is building spaceships partially to escape global warming is a right-wing influencer no i'm talking about the guy who's all of that plus was dating a a marxist oh okay that That one totally a right-wing influencer there glenn yeah so esg according to media matters listen to this i think i'm gonna have this blown up and framed ESG is attracting more and more attention from right-wing media influencers like Elon Musk, Glenn Beck, and James Lindsay. <laughs> I, lo- I love those two. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good grouping. I like. They feel bad today. They're like, oh, you had to throw Glenn Beck in it. Yeah, but I'm feeling pretty good. They're part of a growing number of conservative media figures seizing on the opportunity to turn ESG (laughs) into the next battleground in the culture wars, in part by fitting it into the broader Great Reset conspiracy theory. (laughs) These guys. Well, the one thing I like about this, this grouping of Elon Musk, Glenn Beck and James Lindsay is I think for the first time you can honestly say you're middle class. I think in that grouping, you are yes. middle class. Yes. There you go. Yes. Middle class Glenn yes. is here. Right. <laughs> and I also, because I never want to be the smartest man in the room, in that grouping, I'm nowhere close. No, you're definitely <laughs> the nowhere. dumbest man in the room. Uh, yeah, on I'm one. the one that gets the drool cup when I walk in. <laughs> there you, you go. Know? Uh, so they're very upset. Uh, very, very upset. Uh, because ESG is being misleadingly cast as a tool for the elites to force a tyrannical agenda on unsuspecting Americans, specifically investors, as part of the far-right Great Reset conspiracy theory. I don't know how you can call this a conspiracy theory anymore. I mean, even the New York Times is now admitting that it's happening, 
and they're upset because people are talking about it and they're against it. It's it's not like that. It doesn't exist. <laughs> they're even saying, okay, it does exist. And these crazy people are against it. Yeah. And the other thing that they keep writing about is that these mean, these mean corporations are branding stuff as ESG when in reality it's stuff they would have just already invested in and they're getting extra. They're just, they're, you know, right. just taking money from idiotic investors who think ESG is, is an important thing and then just investing in the stuff they were going to invest in anyway. So they they are very much aware that it is happening and they're complaining about it, not in the way we're complaining about it. It's not right. it doesn't go far enough, of course, but still yeah. that's and, acknowledging that it exists. Yeah, and and I will tell you that I mean it is truly remarkable. Do you remember we released my book what in January on the Great Reset? Mm-hmm. And remember we talked just even days before we released the book. Nobody is going to read this. Nobody knows about this. Nobody is going to pay any attention to this. Is anyone going to buy this book? We've gone from that to now it is part of the zeitgeist in a lot of, uh, in a lot of people's uh, lives. It's, it's, it's out there. It is known. It is known as a problem. Still only about, what, 40% of the American people have no idea what it is. And I think about 30% of the American people think they know what it is. Um, And I don't know what the number of people is that that do actually know. ESG is always, by the the left, is always positioned as the free market. What? Conservatives, you're against the free market? These are just companies making a decision. And this ESG is just to help people make a decision when they're investing. No, it's not. You, you know no, it's, it's not. You know you, it's really you, bad when the left makes arguments like that. We love the yeah. free market. What are you talking about? It's like when they say, "Well, yeah. we don't want anyone between uh, the doctor and their patient." It's like, "Oh, really? In this one <laughs> case, you don't?" Okay, I know what's going on here. Uh, they all of a sudden become Does libertarians, it like killing four times children. A year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I yeah, know, I know. But so that's the thing with ESG. It's like all of a sudden they're just so supportive of the free market they can't understand why anyone else would possibly oppose it. You oppose it in every other instance. Uh, so I think we're on to you on that point. And, and the awareness here, I think the rise in awareness is no small part because of the book, which sold a lot of copies. Uh, you've talked about it a lot on the air and it has, it has grown, I think, in, in influence in conservative circles, certainly, and has now grown to a point where, you know, the awareness is more broad in general. I mean, I think people do know about this, even if they don't know all the details, they, they know that, you know, there is, there's something going on here and it's, it's not going to wind up working out well for the American people. No, it's really not. By the way, if you think that it's just a way to, you know, let people decide, you know, let me ask you, did you decide that we shouldn't drill for oil anymore? Did you decide that oil is a thing of the past? Did you decide that we should shut down the oil fields? Did you decide that Exxon should uh, uh, slow its growth by 20%. Did you decide that? Because your money did. Your money is being held by like places like Black Gar- uh, BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street. They invest most of our retirement funds. And you're losing money. Boy, an, you know, an enterprising uh, attorney would start to think to themselves, gee, I bet there's a class action lawsuit 
that could be had. I bet I could sue a place like BlackRock. Now, I'm not an attorney, so I don't know. But I bet I could find a lot of people. Do you have melophysioma or whatever the hell that is? <laughs> Do you have leprosy? Did you ever work with Glenn Beck? You might be in for big money. There's got to be somebody out there who is thinking, uh, you know, I think the mesophilioma thing is probably played out by this point. Maybe did you have your retirement fund managed by BlackRock where they didn't tell you in advance that their their index, their ESG index, which you were just placed into, did you did did you lose money because it's underperforming the S&P 500? And now they've come out and said, yeah, you would expect to lose, you know, maybe for the next 10 years. Oh, well, I don't have a problem with that if I'm 55. There's a class action lawsuit here. However, the states are also taking action. Uh, I am uh, here in Utah where their treasurer, um, Marlo Oaks, is doing a great job. Uh, so far on ESG, and he's not going to invest the state's money into something that will kill the state and also not provide the best return on the investment for the for the people that have their pension through the state. That has to be done. It's happening in Arizona. It is happening now in almost all of the red states. That's half the country. You choke their money off at BlackRock, and uh, there's a problem. There's a real problem. They didn't think that this would happen. Now, just so you know, if you think you're you're on the right side, now I'm, I'm going to leave my money in BlackRock because they don't have anything to do with the price of gasoline. Let me tell you that BlackRock which is very, they are the leader, literally the leader in ESG, right? Environmental, social justice, and governance, okay? That means no more petrochemicals. Uh, the S means social justice, and we've got to be, we've got to be kind to everybody who's different. I mean, let's not, let's not verbally behead people who are different, and then uh, governance, let's have a whole variety of people. Do you have somebody who's transgender on your board of directors? So BlackRock is so super, super, super uh, locked in to ESG that yesterday uh, they took uh, a $451.72 million investment. So half a billion dollar investment from the government of Saudi Arabia. Now, now, why would Saudi Arabia put half a billion dollars into an investment fund that is not, not outperforming, in fact, underperforming the S&P 500? Could it be that they like the idea that they are encouraging companies like Exxon to stop drilling for oil. Could it be that they don't like the fact that we could be energy independent and not care about them anymore? Is that possible? Because I don't know about you, but 
I don't look at Saudi Arabia as a leader in the E or the S or the G. You know, they're kind of the opposite in each category. World's largest oil producer. Oh, that E's out. Uh, they jail or cane or kill homosexuals, so the S is out. I don't think they have a wide variety of people in any of their businesses or government. Yeah, I'm pretty sure BlackRock is talking out of their butt. BlackRock doesn't mean a thing they're saying. This is a sham. ESG is not about the environment. It's not about social justice. It is not about any of it. It is about power, control, and money. But I can't wait to hear what BlackRock has to say of why their ESG investment firm is so happy to have half a billion dollars from Saudi Arabia. That's like uh, the new ADL, and we're being funded by the Nazi party. <laughs> no, that doesn't, uh-uh, guys, I don't know. That's obvious that it doesn't work. Back in just a second. Sarah, who's our sponsor this half hour? Patriot Mobile. I love Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile are the uh, people that I have my cell phone with. I don't even carry a cell phone, and I highly recommend it for everyone. We can't live without our cell phone. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Uh, anyway, um, I I only got a cell phone so I could have Patriot Mobile because I want to support them. Um, the the people at Patriot Mobile, and I'm going to introduce them to you because I think what they're doing, their work beyond the cell phone stuff, is some of the most important. This is a company that is actually in the fight, fighting for the things you believe in, fighting for the Constitution fighting for the right to privacy, the right of free speech, the right of a free press, the right to life. These people are in the game, and they take a portion of their profits and invest it in that, and their time, and they invest it in that. So they're fighting with us, not against us. And the second thing is they got the cell phone thing down. They're on the same towers as everybody else, so you get the same great coverage with whoever you're with, and you're going to pay less. It's Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile, 972-PATRIOT. Make the switch today. Patriot Mobile at 972-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. The Glenn Beck Program. Hmm. So you remember who Noriel Rubini is? Uh, the economist, right? Dr. Doom? Dr. Doom. Mm-hmm. And uh, he first really came to attention because uh, he was in 2000, uh, early 2008 going, hey, we're in for real trouble. And he predicted it, and he was exactly right. Now he is predicting something else. He said, um, this economy is headed for unhinged inflation and or severe recession. And it will be out of control 
and uh, a hard landing. And uh, he said, um, uh, it's going to last a very long, a very long time. Long, protracted, severe. So that's good news from Noriel Rubini. <laughs> yeah, but I hope he he's wrong this time. Let's hope. I do too, but he's not. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, what he's not figuring in is the bill they signed yesterday, the inflation reduction bill. I know. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Now that the bill is passed, I, I'm seeing all these mainstream media reports talking about yeah. how the Inflation Reduction Act obviously will not reduce inflation. They're all admitting that now. After it's passed, and we spent seven hundred and forty billion dollars. Thanks, thanks for that. Thanks for that. You could have been critical about that as it was going through, and maybe put pressure well, on them to at least change the name from a blatant lie. Yeah, I think though that the CBO is very timely. You know that they came out yesterday as the ink was still <laughs> drying on the page, mm-hmm. and said, "Yeah." Much of the stuff in the bill, it's a lie. Um, It's really not going to do any of the things. I mean, including protecting those who uh, make under uh, $40,000. In fact, beginning with people who make $10,000 a year, yeah, you're going to get taxed. Oh, and the IRS agents, there's no way that they're just going after the, the heavy hitters. They're going after the regular people. Thank you, CEO. Or C- the CEO. It's great. Program. All right, let me tell you about Home Title Lock. If you know me, you know I'm pretty skeptical by nature generally. I don't, I heard home title theft and I thought, this just doesn't even sound possible. And then I thought, well, the government is pretty incompetent. So it would be, make a lot of sense that signing one form by a cyber thief will screw up your entire life. That kind of actually does fit into my worldview a little bit. HomeTitleLock.com can protect you from this. Uh, You can, they can make sure that you just go there. You see, enter your address for free. They'll show you if you're already a victim. They'll do the home title scan for you to make sure you're, you're clear and then protect you going forward. Don't be a victim of home title fraud. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code radio. Enter your address for free and get your no obligation. Home title scan is $100 value free at HomeTitleLock.com. The code is radio. Check it out now. HomeTitleLock.com. The code is radio. From Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS in Salt Lake City, where I'm in town to do an ESG uh, lecture today and last night. Um, This is the home of Rod Arquette, in case you don't know. 
Uh, it is a great radio station. We thank you so much for listening and thank you for hosting me today. We've got quite a program lined up for you. Uh, coming up in just a minute, Catholics apparently, according to the Atlantic, have now weaponized the rosary. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's a dangerous, dangerous weapon. The rosary now kind of sets you off as a dangerous terrorist. We'll give you, uh, we'll give you all that. The attack on Christianity and the labeling of half of our country as terrorists. We begin there in 60 seconds. Stand by, but you. All right, real estate agents I trust right now with the economy being what it is. By the way, they're saying that uh, housing prices are going to fall by about 15%. Uh, We're on the edge. If you want to sell your house, probably now is the time. I guess, you know, I mean, with the economy being what it is right now, may I suggest that maybe you think about moving someplace where you are surrounded by people who think like you. I'm just saying, get out, get out. Sell your house if you can and move to, I don't know, someplace safer. Um, the moon, even if you don't have an oxygen tank, is probably safer than it is right now in America. Real estate uh, right now, if you don't have the right agent, is going to be really difficult to find the right house that you can afford and get it. It's also going to be hard to sell your house and it's going to get harder and harder. This is why we have real estate agents I trust. This is a company that I formed with my brother, gosh, going on maybe 10 years now. Uh, real estate agents I trust. These are the people that have the good business practices, that have a great track record in your area, and they're going to bend over backwards to get the job done and done right. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. So tonight on the Wednesday night special, I'm going to show you proof that America's heritage is not white Christian nationalism. And this is so important for you to understand because they are setting a giant trap for a lot of America. You know, they signed the uh, inflation reduction bill. In fact, do we have that audio we just played on on the spokesperson at the White House? Uh, not really able to... Uh, Really able to explain why they called it the Inflation Reduction Bill. Here it is. But if you passed a bill called the Fill Every Pothole Act, I mean, voters should expect you to fill every pothole. I mean, so should voters measure the success of this bill on how much you reduce inflation in the next couple of years? So this infl- this bill spins out over several years. And so the tax provisions, for example, some of the tax revenue will happen immediately. Some of the benefits in terms of deficit reduction t- will materialize over time. So again, it, this is really an, inf- uh, an investment in our economy. It represents the president's economic vision for transitioning to an economy that works better for American families by generating the kind of growth that's based on uh, stable, steady productivity gains in mm-hmm. the language of economists. Uh, so that kind of growth that we know we need to be making mm-hmm, in order mm-hmm. to ensure that we continue progressing mm-hmm. uh, for the decades mm-hmm. to come. Yeah, and a name is just a name, but there are definitely a lot of other names you could have named this bill. 
<laughs> we just lied. <laughs> it's so funny how you lied to the American oh, people. Man. You lied and you oh. raped us and you left oh. us for dead. Oh, that is funny. Oh, that's so uh, you, funny. You, how you took you a problem said, that's affecting real people and ruining their financial <laughs> yeah. lives and you acted like you were addressing you, it. <laughs> you put a sign on the door that said, safe space. And we all went in and there were killers and rapists in the room. That is funny that you put safe space on that door. What a joy you are. (laughs) Oh my gosh, these people are evil. Anyway, um, the CBO came out yesterday and they were talking about how it's not going to reduce inflation. It's not going to reduce the deficit. In fact, it's going to add to the deficit. It's not going to help the GDP. In fact, it's going to hurt the GDP. Oh, and they will raise uh, taxes on the middle class uh, as they (laughs) promised they would not do. Yeah, the whole IRS thing. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that is coming out. They're going to come after you because they have to. This is what the CBO said yesterday. Thank you for the timely update. And by the way, the CBO is known for making things look better than they actually become. (laughs) So that fills me with uh, we're we're in for a hellscape. I I will say, Glenn, uh, I did hear uh, some pretty important things about the IRS. And this is important um, because they said before, I don't know if you've ever called the IRS before, which I'm sure you have. Um, oh, yeah, no, I, I called them back in 1986. I'm still on hold, Okay, they're yeah. going to pick up any time. Well, that was the big uh-huh. selling point of this bill. They said because they're hiring 80,000 new employees, someone might answer the phone when you call. Well, that is fantastic. And you know what's really great is they're going to be so efficient, you're not even going to have to call them. They'll call and come <laughs> visit you. Uh, anyway, this is all about the, 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 the United States government uh has a no i shouldn't say that the united states president the administration includes the department of education agriculture commerce all of it they all have they all have private armies let me ask you why does the department of agriculture have armed officers i mean sure sure I mean, the, the very well-known wars that go between the corn farmers and the Amish, you know, when they, when they get their extremist yogurt feud going on with the Amish, there's nothing that will quell that other than a United States Department of Agriculture Army. Um, they are developing things, and they are putting you into the extremist position. Look at over in Europe. They're they're already forcing the farmers to live on these ESG rules, which are, by the way, completely nonsensical. That is not that's not even happening. This is a conspiracy theory. These aren't the droids you're looking for. They're already protesting and the farmers are being called the extremists. Have you forgotten who grows your food? Grows food? No, I get my food from the supermarket. Oh, okay, then don't worry about the farmers. They are targeting anyone who disagrees with them as an extremist. And this is why the special tonight on the Blaze TV is so important. You have to understand what is coming for you as a Christian. Now, as somebody who is in a faith, that's not the most popular. 
I will tell you, you're gonna look. You're gonna look at these days. If you were, let's say, a Mormon or a Jehovah Witness, you're gonna look at these times for those for those people as oh, those days don't come back. I mean, it's not gonna be easy to be a Christian soon. Um, and it all starts with white Christian nationalism. They are making Christians into extremists, and they are lying about our faith. Christians are the next one in line. In line, and your faith is now on trial. But it's a it's a kangaroo court. They're not calling any witnesses on the other side. They're calling witnesses that agree with them. It is so misleading and so dangerous. You need to understand how they are painting Christianity in America. That's what we're going to do tonight. Show you where this all breaks down. Give you the rebuttals to these things so you can share them with your friend. To um, And I, did, I didn't say friends. I did say share it with your friend. Because if you're actually a Christian today and you're willing to stand up with it, uh, stand up for it, you probably have one friend. Um, but you need to be able to um, uh, answer and tell your friends and have them share with others. This is an amateur smear campaign, but it is going to be relentless. CNN came out with an article last week. We're going to debunk that tonight. And also look at this one. Catholics weaponized the rosary from the Atlantic. The AR-15 is a sacred object among Christian nationalists. Now, you would ask yourself, what is a Christian nationalist? Stu, if I asked you this, I said, what is a Christian nationalist? What would you say? A Republican. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Wow, the brainwashing has worked even on you. (laughs) What would you, honestly, what would you say a Christian nationalist is? Uh, There's a vision of a Christian nationalist that basically is is an idea of um, of, uh, an America that is uh, built on Christian principles, but is closer really to a theocracy and is exclusionary toward other faiths. Uh, other races usually is included in that as well. The idea Can you that- give me a country in history that might be labeled a Christian nationalist country? Not labeled, not actually one, but one labeled that. Uh, an example that was named, I mean, certainly they like to say that about uh, Hitler back Germany. in the day. Yeah. Germany, of course, right. it was completely, completely ridiculous. Uh, we've covered completely that many untrue. times. We don't need to go right. back into it. But uh, Hitler, not not a Christian, not a fan of Christianity, wanted to end all of the churches, uh, was literally outspoken uh, throughout his not only um, uh, comments, commentary with close advisors, but you know, admitted much of this uh, publicly. That this was a long-term goal of fascism. Um, but, to wipe it out. But let's call it Christian nationalism anyway, I think, is the approach mm-hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> of the, okay. uh, the media. So, so Christian nationalism, they've defined this, and you'll find out all of this tonight at Blaze TV. If you are not a member, may I ask you to join us? We are in the fight for our life right now. And um, I would ask that you would join Blaze TV. Uh I know your money is tight. I know. I know. I think and pray about you all the time. 
I, um, I honestly, every time I go to the grocery store or, um, or go fill up a tank, I, I, I wonder how are you making it? How, how is the average person making it? And so I know it's tight, but we really try to give you much more than your money's worth on blaze TV. Uh, and even if you just watch our Wednesday night special, you get so much more and so many more talent. You get Mark Levin and Steven Crowder and everybody else. But we really depend on you. Um, it is going to get harder and harder for all of us to survive uh, soon. And if we can stick together, we will um, we'll be able to make it. We'll be able to make it. Uh, but you need to know the truth. And my staff... I think we do more research on my staff than any other talk show on radio or television. Um, and we sure would like your support at blaze TV. Just sign up now, become a member of the family. You'll save 10%. Use the promo code Glenn blaze TV.com slash Glenn. So tonight we're going to be talking about this and you need to arm yourself with it. Um, but let me continue with this uh, from the Atlantic. The AR 15 is a sacred object among Christian nationalists. Is it? Now the radical traditional Catholics are bringing a sacrament of their own to the movement. On this extremist fringe, rosary beads have been woven into a conspiratorial politic and an absolutist gun culture. You know, I have to tell you, I can remember, I can remember Sister Siobhan and uh, Sister Uno and Sister Julie as they would be whispering the rosary on their knees, I remember walking in to the church as a kid, and the candles and the smell of the church and the incense, and they were there, and you could just barely hear them, and I'd walk up behind them because I didn't want to disturb them, uh, but then one of them would hear me, and they were surprised, and they all I heard was, <laughs> and they took their ARs out, and they're like, stand down! Stand down! And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sister, I'm sorry, I, 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 I didn't know. Oh, they're so radical, those rosary people. Uh, the armed radical traditionalists have taken a spiritual notion that the rosary can be a weapon in the fight against evil. Now, this is a new thing? Because I'm pretty sure, I mean, maybe it's just me, I was raised Catholic. I always thought the rosary and doing things like praying was a weapon in the fight against evil. Yes, but now they're taking it literally. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a garrote. That's what it really is. I've seen him. I've seen him before. Jason Bourne, I mean, they've changed it, you know, from reality. But the real Jason Bourne, when he goes and he chokes people out, he uses a rosary. Now, what do you think the Pope is doing? <laughs> when he has to kill people, he uses a rosary. Anyway, social media pages are saturated with images of rosaries draped over firearms. How many times have you seen that? Oh, I hate that. This is the thing they do now to show a movement when they can't find one. Like the other day, they were saying after the raid on the uh, the the, the Mar-a-Lago residence of Donald Trump, they said the words civil war were being tweeted once a minute. 
Now, there are 400 million people on Twitter. You're getting one tweet every 60 seconds. This is not a news story, okay? Any combination of words is being tweeted once a minute on Twitter. Not hot Apparently not. cheerleader. No, yeah, you couldn't find That's any. not me. Nope, <laughs> not happening. so ridiculous, but this is what they want to do. All right. So here's, here's something, and I, I just want to point this out. If you are a non-traditional Catholic theologian, so you're for this, you know, this new, more open, progressive, hey, everybody can be whoever they want to be, and we should marry everyone and everything else. You should not be written about, uh, and you might want to reconsider your name, the theologian Massimo Fagoli has described a network of conservative Catholic bloggers and uh, commentary organizations as the Catholic cyber militia that actively campaigns against LGBTQ and the acceptance of them in the church. These rad trad, this is a new word, rad trad, they're radical traditionalists, these rad trad rosary as a weapon memes represent a social media diffusion of such messaging, and they work to integrate ultra conservative Catholicism and other aspects of online far right culture. The rosary in these hands is anything but holy, says Mr. Fagoli. Wow, it's like Dr. Seuss. But for millions of believers, the beads which provide uh, provide for a sequence of devotional prayers that have been always traditionally looked at as a source of strength now take on a new meaning. More of this here in uh, just a second. You don't want to miss. Our commercial sponsor is Relief Factor. Kaylin wrote in about her experience. She said, I can't believe I'm not hurting anymore. I can't believe... After using Relief Factor, I've been hurting for over 40 years, but today I'm pain-free. I tell all of my friends about it every chance I can get. Relief Factor is great, and I just wanted to say thank you. You are welcome. I'm so glad, Kaylin, that you tried it. And thank you for writing in. Hey, listen, when you try Relief Factor, will you write to me? Will you tell me what's going on in your life? About 70% of the people who try the three-week quick start go on to order more month after month. Now, I'm assuming, I'm assuming that they're doing it because it works. I mean, it could be that I got so much money, I just don't care. It's Relief Factor. Relief Factor. Give it a whirl. It works for me. Worked for Kaylin. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com or the number four, Relief 800. The number four, Relief. Feel the difference. 10 seconds. Station ID. Oh, don't forget, don't forget, tonight, 9 p.m., a very, very important show because your Christianity, your faith is coming under attack, and I don't care what church you go to, it's going to become more and more difficult because you are going to be branded a terrorist. Um, coming up in just a second, we have um, the guy who is running for the Michigan Attorney General, uh, spot in the Banana Republic of Michigan. Um, he is he is under attack, and it is so important that we have 
the best AGs. Your state has got to have a tough-as-nails AG because the AGs, the treasurers, and the sheriffs are going to be the ones that stand in the way of, of this despotism. We talked to Matthew DiPerino uh, uh, coming up in just a second. Uh, again, running for the Michigan Attorney General uh, office. Um, oh, and more fun with Liz Cheney coming up. The Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Well, everything that you hear about prices and that we're, we're not really having any inflation, you know that's not true. You pay your bills. You go to the supermarket. You, uh, you're paying more at the pump. That energy bill that you're paying, what is it? Two or three times what it was? How are you going to do this inflation eating into the bottom line? Oh, and you're going to be paying more taxes starting next year. I want you to give American Financing a call today. They are America's home for home loans. And they, the best thing about them is that they are honest with you. They don't, they don't get kickbacks from the banks. Banks offer loan officers you know, special, you know, special bonuses if you can get people into this. Well, you don't want those kind of people. You want people doing the right thing for you. So please call American Financing now. American Financing at 800-906-2440. See if they can help you lower the cost of your bills 800-906-2440 americanfinancing.net back-to-back studios america glenn tv tonight blaze tv.com slash glenn our attorney generals are so critical um, you really need to do your homework on attorney general for your state they, the treasurer in your state, and the sheriff uh, may be the last line of defense for us at some point. Matthew DiPerno, uh, I have never met, don't know anything about him, but I have a very good friend that lives in Michigan who really watches things closely and says this is a very honorable man, a guy who is uh, cut from our same cloth uh, up in Michigan, but his opponent is uh, is making all kinds of accusations. And I, I honestly barely know the story, so I'm going to ask him some simple questions here. Um, and uh, Matthew DiPerno is, again, running for a Michigan attorney general. He's the candidate there. Matthew, how are you, sir? I'm great, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. Sure. Now, I, let, me see if I, let me see if I have this right. Your Democratic opponent, the current AG, I don't know her her name, but she uh, claims that you are part of a conspiracy with others to steal and illegally analyze voting machines connected to the 2020 election. She says five tabulators were taken to hotel, hotels and or uh, air, um, uh, B&Bs in Oakland County where four others, not you, broke into the tabulators and performed tests on the equipment. So you weren't trying to steal the, according to her, as I understand it, you're not trying to steal the election. You were trying to perform a test on this in a hotel room after 
uh, you or others stole these voting machines. Do I have the story right? And what is the truth? Yeah, the, you have the story right. Uh, the truth is that I, uh, after the 2020 election, I filed a lawsuit in Michigan. Um, I uh, received a court order allowing us to analyze uh, an election system and election equipment. Um, we, per, uh, you know, my uh, expert witnesses performed uh, uh, tests on machines. Um, and she now is coming forward, uh, Dana Nessel, my opponent, the most corrupt attorney general in the country, making these allegations that she knows are totally false because she was my opposing counsel in the case. She represented the secretary of state in the case. They know what the actual facts are. They know this is untrue. But right now, uh, the latest polling shows DePerno plus one uh, in the uh, as an advantage. Uh, she's losing terribly. Uh, she's got a 42 percent favorability rating. She wants to put drag queens in every school. And so she's come out with this story in order to try to discredit me. Well, you had me at court order. So let's let's move on. Um, so what is it that you are going to bring to the table and you will, um, clean up or change there as attorney general? Why should people vote for you? Well, right now, Michigan uh, has the highest crime rate, um, in the, in, in decades. We're now number 10 in sex trafficking. Uh, we've got illegal fentanyl flowing across the borders, destroying families and killing children. And our attorney general and other rogue prosecutors across the state refuse to do anything about it. It's time that we enforce the law. I've been a practicing attorney for 25 years. I practice constitutional law, have uh, been involved in, in criminal cases as a defense attorney. It's time to clean up our state. It's time to enforce the law. And it's time to start penalizing criminals. That's what I'm going to do. We have many other issues also in the state a failing education system, you know, um, so we need to fix our state. We need to bring businesses back. And that's what we can do as attorney generals. We can enforce the law, make the states, the state safe and make it uh, favorable for businesses. Dana Nessel, my opponent, refuses to do any of that. She simply simply wants to run on a social platform, bringing drag queens to our schools. Uh, and it's terrible, the destruction she's caused in the state. Now, if I if I have this right, in 2020, she was accused of weaponizing her office because she went after um, she went after anybody. The the SPLC, which we all know, Southern Poverty Law Center is a joke funded by uh, George Soros. She went after those groups that were called hate groups. Any comment on that? Well, she, you know, she's gone after uh, people for religiously held beliefs. The federal courts have smacked her down, saying she's weaponized her office against uh, religious people. Uh, they just recently, in a recent Michigan Supreme Court decision, uh, dismissed all of the cases she filed in the Flint water investigation, saying she weaponized her office against her political opponents and created an unconstitutional star chamber 
uh, environment. That's the court's words, not mine. Uh, but what she does in the state is consistently go after her political opponents like me, like others, and she refuses to go after anyone in her own party. We have a video where she's come out and said she could not investigate Governor Gretchen Whitmer regarding the 5,000 plus nursing home deaths related to uh, the COVID uh, pandemic because they're friends. She says, I have coffee with Gretchen Whitmer, so it's too difficult for me to investigate all of those deaths. Wow. So how do you, I mean, uh, you know, Detroit uh, for one, uh, and Michigan overall, not necessarily known for its clean government. How how do you how do you intend on um, being, you know, Commissioner Gordon, if you will, the one guy that is standing up to this? Well, that's a that's a great question. But what we've been doing in this campaign, um, and people can find me at deperno for mi dot com or fightformat.com, um, we've been pushing into these communities in the Detroit area. We've been talking about these uh, the issues that affect the Chaldean population and the black population. We talk about the high crime rate. Uh, nobody likes that. We talk about uh, education. Parents want a say in their children's education. We're pushing for a parental rights act in this state. Um, and, you know, these are the issues that we're fighting about that people actually care about. They don't want drag queens in every school. Uh, and they're, they're very vocal about it. And we're making great headroads into those communities. How much of a block is she to uh, stopping this progressive? Now, look, I don't hate drag queens. I don't hate people. I don't, I, I, just please leave my children alone. Leave my children alone. When you're adult, do whatever you want. But leave my children alone. You are in a wildly corrupt uh, state with unions and everything else. What is she doing uh, to help further that? And what specifically are you going to do? Yeah, she's doing absolutely nothing uh, to change the corruption uh, in the state of Michigan. Uh, We've actually been ranked uh, at the very uh, bottom of the list Uh, 48th, 49th, and 50th as the most corrupt state in the union, uh, ranked by the Department of Justice. So our attorney general just adds to that dilemma. She doesn't do anything to enforce the law. That's a huge problem in the state. We have these prosecutors who refuse to prosecute violent felonies anymore. Um, We're down to, in some areas, some counties, one-third of the police force uh, because these uh, police, they, they're nervous. They're scared. They know they can't make arrests unless they ask permission. And we have more police under investigation right now by my opponent than any time in the state's history. And when I'm in office, we're going to change that. We're going to enforce the law. We're going to prosecute violent uh, crimes And, uh, you know, we're going to make sure that uh, we always support the police. And our our current attorney general just she despises that she hates the police. She supports defund the police movement, 
uh, and her entire administration has been only about promoting LGBTQ and social issues in this state. So we're talking to Matthew uh, DiPerno. He is running for the Michigan Attorney General uh, office. Um, where do you stand on ESG? Um, well, um, we, you know, we're opposed to uh, this ESG uh, program um, mm-hmm. entirely. And that's what our opponent continues to push, you know, environmental, social governance. They, they push critical race theory. They push uh, all of this. Uh, on our students and schools right now in in Michigan. And if you want to renew your medical license, you have to go through critical race theory training. Uh, You have to uh, promote uh, ESG uh, in this state. Uh, It's terrible what they're doing in this state. Listen, I've been investigated since um, I've started to run for attorney general. You know, I've been a, a, a victim of this very same movement by uh, my bank. You're, you've been investigated by your bank? Yeah, absolutely. The, the more you get involved in politics in the state of Michigan, the more you speak out against the corruption, the more uh, uh, these uh, institutions want to investigate us. And that's what my opponent's doing right now when she's come out and says she's going to use taxpayer dollars uh, given to the attorney general's office. She's going to use that money to investigate me in order to promote her own campaign. That's the height of corruption, right? Um, And that's exactly what she's doing. And that's, quite frankly, an illegal campaign finance violation. But Nobody will do anything about it in the state of Michigan. Matthew, how, tell me, and, and, and not necessarily about you or the state of Michigan, but we have the IRS being weaponized almost every, no, I shouldn't say that. It is an whole of government approach now. Every single office and department is being weaponized. Um, the American people, I think, are beginning to wake up th- and see, uh, holy cow, FBI is out of control. You know that in your state uh, with the uh, Gretchen Whitmire kidnapping case. Um, where are we if we don't get the right AGs? And how long do we last like this? Well, we don't last much longer if we get more uh attorneys generals like uh, Dana Nessel in office. We are heading down a road of socialism very quickly. Uh, Dana Nessel has signed on to litigation um, where Mexico has come into the United States to uh, stop uh, gun manufacturers from making guns. Dana Nessel signed on to that radical litigation. Dana Nessel supports uh, partial birth abortion up to the day of delivery at any time for any reason. You know, many people will say uh, that partial birth abortion is murder. Dana Nessel sees it as a path to happiness. Uh, so oh we are God. going down a, a road of destruction. They want to weaponize their offices to attack their political opponents. 
Uh, and that's, that's the, uh, the, the sort of the, the strategy right now. If they can't Matthew the polls, they're going to take you out any way they can. Matthew DiPerno, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'm up against a tight clock. You can go to his website, uh, fightformat.com. I'm telling you, the attorney generals are wildly important. Uh, if you want to change things on your state level and protect the people in your state, you have to have a strong attorney general that is standing up against all of this stuff. They can change the course of your state. Fightformat.com if you would like to join his campaign or help him out or find more information. Matt DiPerno, Michigan State General uh, Attorney General candidate. Thank you for your time. All right, let me tell you about our uh, sponsor this half hour. We are so privileged to be able to tell you about Car Shield. Considering how expensive everything is uh, right now, it's got to be a relief when you can find something that isn't getting more costly. One of the many reasons I love Car Shield is because I don't have to worry about what it's going to cost me when my car or my truck breaks down. I have old trucks at the ranch that I just want to drive until the doors fall off them. Well, a chip goes wrong, and that could be five grand. It's it, And then what do I have to go buy a new truck? I, that one, just can you put a chip in it, please? Can you disable the chip thing? Car Shield has the protection plans for around $100 a month, and it will cover all of the big repairs. You find out all the details uh, and choose your, your own plan. Choose the mechanic as well once you get the plan. And uh, CarShield takes care of all of the rest. They also have coast-to-coast roadside assistance, rental car options, and trip reimbursement at no extra cost for all of their plans. CarShield, they have your back when your car breaks down. CarShield coverage now at carshield.com slash back. carshield.com slash back or 800-391-8888. 800-391-8888. Back in a minute. The Glenn Back Program. Miss a day, miss a lot. Visit blazetv.com today and never miss a moment of truth. Well, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We've got a couple of things. We have Noah Rothman on, the author of The Rise of the New Puritans. Uh, We have him on and the best attorney general in the country, in my opinion, Sean Reyes, joins us about ESG and other things facing our country. Talk to him about the FBI's corruption as well. Coming up... The Glenn Beck Program. Let me tell you about our spotlight sponsor. It's Grip Six. Right now, right now, there are there are people all over the country. Texas guy checking his fourth or fifth oil rig for the day, making sure the machinery is working. You know, in case they need to drill. A uh, thousand miles away in Iowa, farmer is out. You know, working in the working in the fields. Over in Florida, guy walking the uncrowded morning beaches, probably with a metal detector in search of treasures unknown. 
These people, they have one thing in common, and that is they're Americans, and they're also walking around in comfortable American socks made by Grip6. If you want socks that will keep your feet cool in the summer, warm in the winter, socks made with the latest in wool technology and made here in the USA, you got to get Grip6 socks. I love them. I wear them. I enjoy them. Stu, you wear Grip6 socks, do you not? Yeah, they have great the socks. The wallets are great. It's this great company. Yeah. All right, put your trust and hard-earned money into a company that does it right, right here in America. Grip6.com slash Beck. Grip6.com slash Beck. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Can we just for the love of Pete laugh from time to time? Can we just watch something that is just entertaining and not trying to brainwash me or my children? Can we not make everything about politics? There is a new Puritan movement afoot in America, except it's not being done by the right or the Christians. Well, you're a Christian Puritan. Well, now there is the rise of the new Puritans. I'm going to talk to Noah Rothman, who has just written a book about it. The... uh, the new movement that's sucking all of the fun and a life right out of America. Gosh, they're just such fun people. Noah Rothman joins us in just 60 seconds. First, Noriel Rubini just uh, came out. (laughs) Noriel Rubini, he's the guy who predicted the 08 crash. He was right on. Uh, And everybody goes, he's Dr. Doom. It's not going to be so bad. And then six months later, oh my gosh, the entire system could collapse. No, he's right last time. Yesterday, he came out and said, hey, um, you know, I know everybody's happy about this uh, inflation reduction bill, but it's not going to do anything. In fact, it's going to make things worse. We're headed for a very severe recession, if not depression. It will last for years, and we could have wild, out-of-control inflation headed our way as well. (laughs) Well, thank you, Dr. Doom. That's great. So may I suggest... You call Goldline right now. Don't know what it's going to take before people get on the bandwagon and go, you know, the dollar probably isn't that safe. And call Goldline. Goldline right now. They are offering um, 20 of the new one ounce Ben Franklin copper rounds with every uh, gold legal tender bar that is uh, purchased. These gold legal tender bars are something that are credit card size. You can keep it in your wallet. It breaks it down into small pieces of gold. 
all done by the Canadian Mint, so it's trustworthy and you can use it for trade in case that happens to be something that's in our future. I think it probably is. The bars always sell out fast, so don't wait to call. Call them right now. It's goldline.com. Their number is 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE. By the way, you can contact them today, and they'll also give you a free copy of Carol Roth's latest Goldline exclusive newsletter. We love Carol Roth. Goldline, 866-GOLDLINE. Noah Rothman, a guy who I think really gets it. Uh, he is the uh, just written the book, The Rise of the New Puritans, uh, The War on Fun. Really? Noah, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? Very well. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. You bet. You bet. So Stu and I are in the midst of uh, reading your book. Uh, we haven't got it all the way to the uh, end yet. But um, I, I, I have to ask you, do, do progressives know that they're almost embarrassingly unfun right now? Are they, <laughs> do they know this? No, they, they absolutely don't. They would reject the premise and they sort of uh, recoil at the the assertion that they're pursuing some sort of a moral framework, that they have imposed this moral framework on every aspect of life, especially the apolitical aspects of life. They don't see themselves as less fun, less chill, <laughs> uh, less accommodating than their parents and grandparents. But they most certainly are. They're having less fun. They're having less sex. They're oh, enjoying I, life I, less than their elders. They're having less sex? Oh, yeah. You haven't gotten to that chapter? That's a good one. <laughs> no. Um, so that is that is my very salacious chapter on sex and booze. It's, called, it's titled Temperance. All the chapters are organized around unimpeachable moral values because they are pursuing a moral ideal about how society should organize itself. So when you think of progressives, you don't think... Uh, they have sexual prescriptions, right? But if you dig into the literature around the many proliferating sexual identities, it's not about self-gratification or self-fulfillment. It's about the political program associated with these things. This has to pursue and advance a political agenda. And you couple that with the labyrinthine uh, consent requirements now in statute in places like California, but mostly in norms and college campuses. And you have this unnavigable a labyrinth that has been erected around um, consent, which is absent consent is obviously a crime. But we've created now real legal and moral and social consequences. If a cue is misread or a signal is overlooked or it's just human behavior intervenes in this process, this complicated process, the result is less sex. People are reporting, especially young people are reporting, having much less casual intercourse than their parents did. Okay, I have to. I have to tell you. First of all, it is a religion. What they're doing is a religion. So you've got Puritans absolutely right, um, and they are imposing it on all of us. But I, I look at people who are like this, and I think to myself, how could you not be just miserable if you believe all the things that they believe? It's just a life of misery. Yeah, they don't see themselves as miserable, but they are making their compatriots miserable. Um, <laughs> maybe nine out of the ten people I spoke with are um, who would most of them wouldn't go on the record for fear of consequences, saying the things that they actually think. But those who did, uh, which is weird. Yeah, well, I mean, there are real social and and professional consequences for going against this movement. It's not a big movement, but it punches way above its weight. 
And so these guys are Democrats. Um, they vote Democratic. They wouldn't vote Republican with a gun to their head. But they didn't get into the business of making delicious food and writing screenplays and doing broadcasting sports because they wanted to do politics. They don't. They've just been drafted into this movement, and it's sapping them of enthusiasm for their life's work, and they really, really resent it. No, can you go through so some of these? It, you have so many great examples in the book of of this type of thing. The hummus place well, I, is one. I'd like to hear about the burrito truck. Tell burrito about the truck, burrito okay. truck. A, a truck that was in the Pacific Northwest. These two women um, went down to Mexico, fell in love with the food, interviewed chefs, picked up some recipes, brought it back to the Pacific Northwest, and it was a profound success. They were very commercially successful. In fact, a lot of the people who are targeted by this movement are successful. And I think that mm-hmm. the, their success engenders quite a bit of resentment. Um, but they brought it back to the Pacific Northwest and this, the media environment down there, which is beholden to this pr- progressive set of ideas, just went about destroying the thing because they had stolen this heritage from um, from the, the hardworking people of Mexico. They hadn't given them any credit. They weren't uh, giving them the proper remunerations they were due it's a very nebulous idea of what what they violated what prescriptions they ignored but this thing was destroyed these two women were driven out of business and their burrito truck which was fetid which was loved was uh was driven under uh out of business uh in part i think also because it was so good but that they had violated some unspoken unwritten ideal uh about whatever cultural comp- uh, appropriation is, it's very difficult to define, but it's believed to be some form of theft as though culture is a, uh, a zero sum game and that it so, has been commodified in some way. When I, when I read that and I, I thought about it, I, I had just seen the new Elvis movie. Have you seen the new Mel- Elvis movie? I haven't. I heard it's good. Uh, it's very, very good. Um, but it, Taught me something about Elvis I didn't know. I didn't know that he was so poor after his dad died that he and his mom lived in a black community in Memphis, which never happened. He was like the only kid in this white kid in this black community. So he grew up in that culture. He grew up with the music. That's why he moved the way he did. Um, And the at the time, the programmers of radio, many of them would have loved to t- play the black music, but they couldn't put a black man on the air. And when they heard his music, it was the black uh, culture and black music sung by a white guy. And, you know, it shows B.B. King and all of these legends who were friends of his going, man, take it, take it. I'm glad people are are listening to it. Now you would look at that and it would be cultural appropriation and they would hate. And I think they probably do hate Elvis and anybody like him because he was just stealing that. No, he wasn't. He was popularizing it. He was breaking a barrier. Yeah, popularizing it and and creating synthesis. Um, And there is this idea abroad that synthesis in music and culture and cuisine is some sort of form of theft is there needs to be uh, there's a racial essentialist element that's put to this that suggests that any creativity in uh, creating works of art and amalgamating and synthesizing various influences into some finished product uh, represents some form of attack on culture 
even though what you just said is absolutely correct in, for, in art and food and in music, you're exposing new audiences to this thing. You're creating a, a broader understanding and acceptance of these cultural traits, albeit perhaps amalgamated, not necessarily adulterated. They confuse the two, probably deliberately. Um, but the expansion of and broadening of the exposure to these ideas, these cultural traits, uh, used to be something that we would celebrate and accept as, as an right. unadulterated good. Uh, it is not anymore. I know, I know there was a guy who I grew up listening to on the radio. He was very, very good. His name was Charlie Brown. He was uh, originally at uh, KJR in Seattle and then Cube. And I I studied at his feet. Uh, I was lucky enough to to work with him when I was very, very young. And I watched him and I talked to him. When I started doing my own show, I called him up and I asked him, hey, Charlie, can I can I steal this and this and this from you? And he just laughed and he said, and I think this is true with almost everything because it's not you're not living in a vacuum. And he said, Glenn, you steal from me. You've stolen twice. And that's what we don't understand, that it all is just kind of that's where you get your inspiration and you take it and you make it your own and you move, not stealing things word for word, et cetera, et cetera. Um, let me, uh, let me ask you, uh, because I'm, I'm watching, I mean, I know your, uh, your IQ is a lot higher than mine. And I don't know if you, if you're, uh, if you're watching like the marvelous Miss Maisel, which I think is fantastic. Um, but it centers around this woman in the 1950s, early 1960s, who wants to be a comedian. And uh, one of the running characters is Lenny Bruce. And Lenny Bruce would absolutely be in progressive jail right now if he lived today. And you had all of these great comedians that were there to push back on the man. Whatever it was, they push back. These people like Ricky Gervais um, make it, I think, because they don't apologize and they don't stop. Can you talk a little bit about the effect of apology and what's happening in in comedy? Yeah, um, the very same uh, sentiments, policing of public morality that took aim at Lenny Bruce, at George Carlin, at Richard Pryor are at work today. The executors of this campaign uh, are not on the right. Um, they used to be. This was, you know, the, the tendency that saw uh, something that would corrupt you and degrade society and innocent cultural affairs used to be a tendency native to the right, uh, in part because we are all heirs to this puritanical tradition. It has found a home in both political coalitions over the years. Um, on When it comes to comedy, one of the things that you see now among this particularly puritanically inclined progressives is to emphasize the pain that someone had to endure in order for you to enjoy something as trite as a punchline. Um, you know, you see this in the fans of the, the comedian Hannah Gadsby, who's an anti-comic and who is funny when she wants to be. She doesn't always want to be. Sometimes she will build the same tension that would otherwise lead to a punchline and give you that release uh, and doesn't break the tension, just lets you sit and marinate in it and absorb her pain and then maybe interrogate you about that joke that she told five minutes ago and ask you why you thought that was funny. Why was my suffering funny? And that's what they love so much. They love the anguish. They love the ardor because it is a sign of your um, your prudent understanding that suffering exists in this world. And if you don't dutifully dwell on it every second of your life, 
you are sacrificing a moral mission to advance the progressive project and make the human experience just a little bit more you know, tolerable. This is a very puritanical ideal. When it comes I've to never heard. Go ahead. Uh, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. I've got to take a quick break. I want to get to the apology, yeah. and then I want you to explain a little bit deeper this, this anti-comedian. I had never heard that term before, anti-comedian. And, and, you know, it's different than like Andy Kaufman, who just for his own entertainment would just make people wildly uncomfortable. Uh, but that's a completely different uh, look, as I understand it. We're talking to Noah uh, Rothman. He is the author of The Rise of the New Puritans, a great book. You want to understand what's going on with the left and this new religion and how it, it affects everything? The Rise of the New Puritans by Noah Rothman. Back with him in 60 seconds. Um, you can't talk your way out of pain. If you happen to be living with it, you can't reason your way out. And you have to play that delightful game where you keep trying things until either something works or you're just like, okay, I'm just going to have to live like this. I got to that point and my wife made me take relief factor. I, they were a sponsor of uh, many of my shows, but I never endorsed them because I didn't think it would work. And I had never tried it. And uh, my wife said, why aren't you taking that thing that advertises? And I said, relief factor. And she said, yeah. And I said, cause it's not going to work. It's an anti-inflammatory. Hey, I'm on ibuprofen 800. Look out. I'm a little loopy. Don't let me drive. And uh, I said, those things never work for me. She said, just try it. So I tried the three-week quick start, and I was shocked, shocked that it worked for me. This is where most of our pain comes from is inflation. Uh, sorry, not inflation, inflammation. Can you see what I have on my mind almost all the time? Um, inflammation is a source of much of our disease and it's also a source of our pain. That's what they target with relief factor in four different directions. Please just try it for three weeks. Do the three week quick start. You can find out more about it at relieffactor.com relieffactor.com. Get the three week quick start, 1995 relieffactor.com or call 800, the number four relief 800 for relief relieffactor.com. Feel the difference. 10 seconds station ID. No, I would uh, I would love to uh, do a podcast with you and spend uh, you know at least an hour with you on this this topic. You've you've really nailed it. Uh, the book is the rise of the new Puritans. Um, tell me about the apology. So, when we all we are often bombarded with demands that you apologize for your conduct, the apology provides you no absolution, um, and that's where I differ from a lot of the very. Uh, brilliant scholars uh, who have called this a purely secular faith. I don't see it as entirely a faith, because in a faith in the Western tradition, there is deism that expiates sin. There can be no absolution for sin in this particular faith, because there is no deism. Uh, And because it is such an all-encompassing social code, I, I liken it more to Puritanism, because Puritanism wasn't just a faith. It wasn't just Congregationalism. It was a way of life. It was a totalitarian philosophy by definition, Mm. because it was total. Um, When it comes to the apology, the apology, as we've all observed, um, makes you just a more delicious target and trains more fire on you. Um, And this isn't just true in comedy. There's several uh, examples of that in the comedy chapter, but there's a particularly 
interesting anecdote that I lead off the book with about a um, a grocery, a grocer in um, in uh, Minnesota that was again very popular, very successful. It was feted uh, by Keith Ellison on the House of the floor of the House of Representatives. Diners, drive-ins, and dives. Guy Fieri featured it. So it turned out that this the owner of this grocer had a daughter who in her youth, uh, 14 and 18 respectively, made racially insensitive remarks online. This was picked up by uh, the online community that they attempted to force him to, uh, to apologize and, uh, and to uh, make absolution for his sins. He had to fire his daughter. Uh, that was not good enough. He pro- pledged that mm. she would devote herself to good works for the community. That was not good enough. Eventually, uh, the holder of his lease terminated the lease. Because oh my god, it was because that was the penit that was the penitence that was deserving of the sin he had committed, the uh, careless parentage of a willful daughter, and this this is as moral a code as you could find. It goes mm. back to the founding of the country. But when you are apologizing in any other tradition, you would find some absolution. This particularly uncompromising tradition offers no uh, no absolution for offenses against it. It is. Uh, I, I will tell you, you're right about this as as a um, a completely different. Kind, you don't call it a religion. I do. I just think it's an an anti Christ style religion. There is no forgiveness, uh, and without forgiveness, we f- we cease to function normally as a society. You 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 just can't live in a society where there is no forgiveness, where you're held accountable not only for everything you've ever done, but also anything your ancestors have done. That's a pretty shallow pool of good people that can be swimming around. Um, <laughs> no, thank you so much for, for being on the program today. I'd love to have you back. Love to do a podcast with you. Uh, the book is The Rise of the New Puritans, Fighting Against Progressives, uh, Progressives' War on Fun. Noah Rothman is the author. Back thank in a minute. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You bet. The Glenn Beck Program. I want to talk to you about a great way to do good. Uh, right now, times are tough. Inflation is sky high. Prices on all kinds of things from gas to your heat. Everything is up. So when you do good, you have to really look at it as who's going to give the most money to what you care about, who's going to use that money the most effective way. The great investment is in Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Since 9-11, they've been helping our families of our veterans and our first responders. And when the worst happens, somebody doesn't come home or they come home severely injured. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation comes in and helps make a difference. They pay off the mortgages. If, if a police officer doesn't come home, they'll pay off the mortgage. So they, the family is cared for. They build smart homes for heroes who need them. They do, in short, all the service that is desperately needed, and you can help. Would you consider donating $11 a month at T2T.org? That's $11 a month at T2T.org. The latest on everything with Cheney and more on Studios America tonight, followed by Glenn TV. Don't miss it. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn.
hopefully we're going to have uh, Sean Reyes on, the Attorney General. I think he's the best Attorney General in the country right now. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about ESG and the overreach from the uh, federal government. And I was just saying earlier, why does the the Department of Agriculture have an armed force? And I told you at the time, and many people thought I was joking, it's because of those Amish. And, uh, I mean, sometimes those Amish just get out of control. And what are you going to do? you got to have an AR-15 to go in there as the Department of Agriculture Defense Force and take those Amish out. You know what I mean? Uh, and lo and behold, I get this a story in. Amos Miller, a Amish farmer, contends he's preparing food the way God intended, but the United States government doesn't see things that way. And he is apparently refusing to abandon traditional farming practices. He doesn't use gasoline or oil products. He also doesn't use uh, fertilizer. So, uh, you know, and it's all organic. And the uh, government doesn't like it. So they are stopping. Thank God they're finally taking a stand on these damn Amish. And I can say that. We can say whatever because they're not listening. Oh, they can use electricity. Uh, they they're banning their grass fed beef, their cheese, their raw milk, their organic eggs, uh, and their um, grass fed water buffalo, and all types of produce um, because um, they're dangerous. They're dangerous, according to the federal government. We'll give you more on that story tomorrow. Um, we have uh, Sean Reyes on with us. He is the attorney general. And I was asking Stu earlier today off the air. I've never, ever gotten involved in uh, attorney general races. I've never, you know, I'm the attorney general and I'm running for uh, my race in X state. I've always been, uh, yeah, okay, uh, they'll find another show to be on. I can't tell you how important the attorney generals are in our states they are, they, the sheriffs and the treasurers are the last line of defense. And if you don't have one that understands the Constitution and has a spine and will stand up for it, your state's going to be in trouble. And Sean Reyes is uh, joining us now uh, from the great state of Utah. Hello, Sean. Lost my. Uh, hey, Glenn. How are you doing? Lost my hearing. My good friend, can you hear me all right? I've, I can't hear anything. We are uh, we're having a little some technical uh, difficulties uh, here. Uh, sorry about that. Um, why don't you give us as Glenn's kind of reconnecting here? Give us a give us a picture of. Hey Glenn, uh, hello. Can you guys hear me? Okay, now we're not hearing anybody at all. Okay. Um, I mean, why don't we put him on hold and we'll come back to uh, him here in a second? Uh, we were going to talk to him about some of the ESG stuff going on and all of the uh, all of the nonsense that has gathered around. Uh, this movement here in the past uh, few m- months and years. And really, it hasn't been something that I think most Republicans or conservatives had really followed at all uh, over the past couple of years as it developed into something much, much larger. You have a situation where we know, well, we can go back to Al Gore and we can find people talking about uh, getting rid of the combustion engine so many years ago and something that seemed so completely impossible and futuristic uh, that it could never come. And then you see the news yesterday that the Challenger and the Charger 
from uh, you know the you know one of the main muscle cars you you consider in the United States is going to be going all electric here in just the next couple of years. They're talking about the next versions of the Challenger uh, and you know the Hellcat and the Red Eye and all their different versions of this are, are going to be it. They're going to be quote unquote electric muscle cars after that. This this is where you're taking the Attorney General. He's not here. He can't hear anything. So I'm trying to. I'm talking about oh, the SG okay. standards and how fast right. this has come. You've missed. Yeah, you've yeah. missed much here, Glenn. I've We've missed a lot. I don't know what happened to my uh, my ears, but I. I can now uh, hear, and uh, I'll try. I'm sorry, audience. I'll try to get this show back on the rails. Well, I was trying. I was uh, trying to discuss this. We discussed no, this off the air before. No, we did. You cannot call a, an electric car a muscle car. No, 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 no. You, and no. most people don't understand uh, that all cars, any kind of combustion engine, for the most part, except for it's not Ferrari. Uh, might be Lamborghini. Do you remember which one it was? was it Bu- oh, Bugatti. Bugatti, yeah. With, with, with an exception of Bugatti, almost every car will be electric. Almost every car company is phasing the combustion engine out by 2030 to 2035. So you won't have combustion engines anymore. Well, that's a problem. And that means you won't have gas. So if you have an old engine... It's going to cost you probably 10 bucks a gallon if you can get it to run it. And they're getting rid of all. That's not the free market. That's not the free market. Sean Reyes is now joining us. I'm sorry, Sean. We had some technical difficulties. Are you there? Problem. I'm here. Can you okay. hear me now, Glenn? I can. I can. Sean, um, it, I'm going to take a quick break here in, in, in just a second. Then we'll come back and have a longer conversation. Um, but Absolutely. Tell me why the attorney general's position is so critical in every state now. Glenn, we're the last line of defense to defend the Constitution, to protect people's liberties, their property, and especially with this administration, executive orders coming out every single day that threaten our liberties, trying to take away how we educate our kids, how we run our businesses, everything, Glenn, it rests on our ability to stand up for the rule of law. And there's no one else in the position other than the attorneys general who are able to do that the way that we can through litigation, fighting back. Um, and, and Glenn, we appreciate your support because you've been with us out there as we've fought uh, this administration at the border. We have fought them in the courtroom and all across this great nation. Uh, Well, I think you guys are amazing, and I have met many, if not most or all of the attorney generals that are at least um, Republicans. Some of them are okay. Some of them are really good. Some of them, eh. Um, But uh, most of them are fighting hard with uh, against ESG, for one, uh, and fighting, you know, against this bloated government that is out of control. And I want to talk to you about that as it re- is re- in regards to ESG. ESG is taking a double hit from the, the states that are doing it right. And that is the attorney general and the state treasurer. And um, in Utah, the state treasurer is Marlo Oaks, who is taking yeah. a big swing. Yeah, and I want you to talk about that and... What you've just done, which is, I think, the, the uh, real – well, I can't I – cu- I couldn't decide. 
which one is the knockout punch? Taking the money away or hitting them legally uh, where they should be hit? And we'll go with Sean Reyes on that. And if you're an attorney general or you're 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 anybody involved in politics, you need to listen to what he is talking about. Sean Reyes, we continue here in uh, just a second. First, our sponsor this uh, this half hour. I'm sorry, I'm all screwed up. Uh, can you tell me what the sponsor is, Sarah? Uh, I want to break early because I want to keep him on. Uh, American American Financing is our sponsor this half hour. American Financing is going to help you uh, save money because we we have to preserve our money so we can a take care of our family, but also do the things that we need to do to stay active politically to fight this machine they are doing everything they can to uh impoverish you that's really what the irs is about to frighten you to keep you into pl- in place and to impoverish you remember their goal is you will own nothing by 2030 and you'll like it well that doesn't make sense They're not all just going to give away our possessions like gandhi they will take them because you won't be able to afford them that's how this works. I want you to make sure that you're on rock-solid footing with your loans, your credit cards, and everything else. I want you to call American Financing right now. Call American Financing. You can find them online at AmericanFinancing.net. That's AmericanFinancing.net. Or you can get them on the phone at 800-906-2440. Back with more Sean Reyes next. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. The Glenn Back Program. We're talking to uh, Sean Reyes, the attorney general, and I think the best attorney general in the country. And we have a few really good ones um, leading the way here on ESG. Um, and we also have a treasurer. I think the best treasurer in the country is from West Virginia on ESG. However, he's only taking on the E and not the S and the G. This is all important. So let's look at ESG and what's happening um, and how the attorney generals can approach it. What are you doing, Sean? Yeah, Glenn, thank you so much. And I appreciate, we all do your voice on this because you and I agree that this is one of the greatest existential threats to our liberty of our time. And most people it's, just don't it's understand. It's China. What it's China yeah. if we fail. Absolutely. And here's the thing, Glenn, at best, and when I say at best, it's all bad. But at best, it's a very dangerous, risky gamble with other people's money, with our, the American public's money, trillions of dollars of our pensions and our investments. That's at best. But at worst, Glenn, it is an existential threat to the constitutional underpinnings of our republic because it undercuts the whole political process. It hyper-politicizes the boardroom, and it makes political mercenaries out of fund managers. You know, Asset managers historically... The prime directive, if you will, for them, their fiduciary duty, what the law requires is that they maximize shareholder value, that they bring returns back in a healthy and responsible way. And ESG turns all of that on its head. It is the progressive's way of totally uh, undermining the political process because they can't beat us on policies at state 
uh, you know, uh, policy and or at the federal level. So here, here's what the state AGs are doing, and I and appreciate what the treasurers do, Glenn. You mentioned them; they absolutely have helped us lead out on this. They raise a strong voice and bring awareness. But what they can't do that we can is investigate, and with those investigations, then prosecute or litigate. And all of those things are in the works right now. I can't disclose everything that we're looking into. There are rules about that. I and it's not just it's not just are. it's not just you. There are multiple states involved in this, correct? Oh, no, no, absolutely not just Utah. We, we are one yeah. of the leaders, but there's so many other states. You're talking about right. Arizona, Kentucky, Texas, your, your home state of Texas and the great attorney general Ken Paxton there. All of us working together, we couldn't do it alone, Glenn, and it's such a huge undertaking that we wouldn't try to do it alone. We have to band together. And and it's not just the AGs. It's not just litigation. We need legislators to create better policy to push back and fight back on this. And then we need fund managers. We need people like our friend uh, Vivek uh, Ramaswamy to create alternatives so that people, so that there's a market solution. All of these things are the solutions, but state AGs are standing at the forefront. We're the tip of the spear. We feel that burden and that responsibility, and we appreciate your prayers and all so, of your listeners helping. So when I, when I said last night on stage, you happen to be there, um, and I said, I think some enterprising attorney, there is a class action suit down the road because it's underperforming yes. the S&P 500. And this is retirement money. So if I'm 50, 55, 60, 65, I'm getting screwed right now. And they know it. And they say, look, this is a 10-year window. Well, wait a minute. I may not have 10 years for my investment. What are you doing? And they're violating their fiduciary responsibility because they want to affect politics. Absolutely, Glenn. You said it better than I. They're taking your dollars and they're voting your dollars for their policies, net zero orthodoxy. We're talking about, they, they make it sound like it's inevitable, that this, this is all going to happen, and, and we all have to jump on board. That's how they try to cloak um, th- these very you know, short-sighted investments. These are not good investments. Now, I, I do want to say, Glenn, because I know you and I agree, we, we ought to be good stewards of this earth, and, and conservatives get short shrift, um, that we, we ought to be paying mind to how to protect our environment. But we should not mortgage away the rest of our lives and our freedom in some silly effort to push one particular uh, you know, brand of orthodoxy. And, and again, that's, that's how they treat it. And they demagogue everyone, right? Anyone who, who dares stand up against their orthodoxy, even Elon Musk, a person who's built a, a tech titan, a great leader who's built his entire empire on on a green approach uh, a, a very responsible approach they have demonized him with this esg we just yesterday as, as state ags pushed back against the sec because they're looking for comments on a proposed rule glenn this rule would require fund managers again not to just worry about trying to maximize return for shareholders it's hard enough to do that but now they want them to start reporting all of these ESG criteria. It's what Standard & Poor's um, did, and that's why we in Utah let out, pushing back against them, saying, no, 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 you can't shame everybody 
into this. This is not right. based on merit. This is like uh, sometimes I've called it um, corporate affirmative action. It's not based on merit. It's just an it end that you want to perpetrate. Anyway, Glenn, I know that I, you've got other guests and other things to talk about, but thank you so much for letting me get on. I appreciate it, uh, Sean. Is there anything that the American people all across the country should do to be able to help guys like you? What can they do? Uh, absolutely. First of all, reach out to your attorney general seconds. and express some, some some support for pushing back against this. This has to remain a priority for us, but also get involved with your state legislature. They need to pass better laws that we can then go out and enforce. That's how the American people can get involved. Educate yourself on ESG. It is a huge threat. God bless you, Glenn Beck. Thank you, Sean. Sean Reyes, uh, Attorney General. All of the Republicans, most of the Attorney Generals who are Republicans are on board on this, and they are a last line of defense and support your treasurer in your state as well if they are pushing back. The Glenn Back Program.